0: Everybody, Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Dr. Jim Bone. Dr. Jim Bone is the Blue Collar Scholar. Raised by a factory working father and armed with a PhD, Dr. Bone puts theory that works on the table and invites you to roll up your sleeves and go to work. He has organizational expertise and insight from decades of successfully leading leaders and business savvy derived from observing and evaluating the organizational behavior of multiple Fortune 500 organizations. Jim's rare alloy of practice and theory is hard to find in today's... Oh, looks like it stopped. I lost some of your bio. (laughs)
1: That's enough for me.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, I'll I'll just just make a note to have him stop after Fortune 500.
1: (laughs) That's fine. That's
0: fine. All right, Dr. Jim, welcome to the show.
1: Lori, I'm so thankful that you're taking the time to do this. Thank you. It's an honor to be here.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you. Is is Dr. Jim the right way to 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 approach you, or
1: you can just call me Jim? Uh, doctor generally works when I'm walking around the halls of of uh, uh, higher education, but uh, Jim is fine today.
0: All right, I'll just stick, stick to Jim for now. <laughs> so um, what is your motivation for writing and sharing your knowledge?
1: Well, I've worked in the corporate world for over 40 years. I've worked with literally thousands of people through that time. And what I want to do at this stage of my life is to share my experience, specifically targeting Southeast Wisconsin from like the Madison, Green Bay, Milwaukee Corridor, and just share the things that I've learned, my successes, my failures, through my podcasts, through uh, workshops, through keynotes, through books. I mean, my books are obviously available worldwide, but my primary goal is to help Southeast Wisconsin be successful. I, I've lived here most of my life. I was born in Milwaukee, I've worked with several different companies in the Milwaukee area, including Johnson Controls. So this is the area that I want to focus at at this stage of my life.
0: That's Awesome. What would you consider to be unique about how you developed your style?
1: Well, the, the blue collar scholar uh, uh, moniker is kind of interesting. I was in a, a session with about 100 change managers up in uh, Minnesota. And I remember telling uh, the audience that I my father could not even write his name. He had to sign with an X. Uh, but he was a brilliant mechanic and an incredible work ethic, which I took into the white-collar workplace. Uh, and I won't tell you, With <clears throat> when you have a blue-collar father, <clears throat> he doesn't really take any excuses. It's just like we have to get the job done. I took that whole work ethic into my working life. But somewhere around, I can't remember what year, I started working on a PhD. And between my master's and PhD, it took me 10 years at night school. And so that's kind of my background. Uh, I, I, I'm a persistent guy just based on the notion that I believe things can be done, it just takes effort, it takes work, and so my style is to try to get things that are complex, and clearly in a PhD program, there are plenty of complex things, boiled down into the to, to fragments and uh, concepts that everyone can understand, so that it's not uh, a lot of theory, but it's more actionable stuff that we can all use to get things done.
0: Oh, that sounds great. I think that's so important to to make it into bite-sized chunks, basically, and and move forward and get things done, because that's that's what it's all about, isn't
1: it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it really it really is. I mean, even, even if you think about some of the challenges we're facing right now, globally, nationally, even locally, I think getting things into a, a, a format where we can start to look at action that's going to be valuable for everybody is, is really key. We have to move from, um, from words and, and rhetoric, which is all very important, but we've got to move to things that we can actually – Uh, put feet on the street and get things done. I'm I'm a big fan of that. Again, it goes back to my dad because for him, you know, 40 cents of my PhD would buy a cup of coffee. It's, you you need to be able to get stuff done. Mm
0: -hmm. There's a lot of truth to that. So Jim, what should people know about the process you took to develop your capabilities?
1: My capabilities specifically, I want to talk about my organizational uh, engagement scale and uh, that, that would be the primary capability of the work that I do. And it is a, uh, it's it's an instrument to literally check organizational engagement as opposed to employee engagement. Um, employee engagement is used across the world, but it's starting to lose a little bit of its steam because it's been used for so long. Mm-hmm. And in my uh, PhD program, I, I learned that there, no one in the world had ever checked the idea of being able to measure what would be called organizational level efficacy uh, by a guy named Albert He So it's never been done. So I thought, well, that sounds like a pretty easy project. Ha ha. (laughs) Um, So it took me uh, 14 different companies, again, in Southeast Wisconsin to design and develop it. And then um, the capability that I have there within that instrument and those tools are uh, able to measure uh, whether or not an organization believes it knows where it's going whether or not it believes it communicates well. Again, simple, concrete terms that mean a lot to everyone. As far as my own personal capabilities, again, I look back at just candidly knowing where I was going and what I wanted to accomplish and sticking with it until it got done. I think a lot of people get distracted by um, new things that come up because you, you, you agree, Lori. that it's hard to do stuff. I mean, the work that you're doing with Keystone Click... That was not easy. It took a lot of hard work. But by persisting and sticking with it, all of a sudden things start to get, for me, it was one class, one night, one semester, one year, you know, and on and on before it was it was done. So I think persistence, again, I take that back to my dad. He was a man without excuses. And uh, that's where I developed my capabilities. And ultimately, that turned into an instrument I was telling you about. That was a lot of work. It's been translated into uh, Russian um it's been translated into japanese a mandarin I'm, I'm very very proud of that accomplishment
0: oh that's fantastic that's great i love the history that you're, you're sharing the experiences but um yeah but the hard work pays off and and you know i'm going to go back to that bite-sized chunk approach and you know it's it's showing up one day putting one step forward and 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 getting it done as, as you better, you got to make progress and persistence will lead to progress
1: Love well, it. And, and there's one other thing that goes with that too: is when you look back over a month and you see how far you've come, even if it's only a few inches, you know you did something, mm-hmm. and that's exciting. And I, and I think that's really important in life.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Thank you. All right. So, um, Jim, the focus of the show is really on networking, which is, you know, people and relationships. And my goal is to alleviate any fears that someone may have when they hear that word. So can you share with our listeners, one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had?
1: You bet. I worked, uh, with some people, uh, in my research a long time ago. And that, uh, person uh, happened to be somebody I remembered. And, and I, I continued to work through my research. And when I got done with it, I went back and, and, and checked this person uh, out on LinkedIn and said, could we get together sometime? And we talked a little bit. And before long, she connected me with a bigger organization in Milwaukee, who then connected me with more people in the manufacturing community than I ever could have been connected with, no matter how hard I work, because this other organization knows just about every manufacturer within, again, the Southeast Wisconsin Corridor. And so by uh, looking back, and this is the thing that I tell people about networking, always look for those warm contacts, people that you know, people that like you, people that trust you. People who are willing to have a conversation with you and they're not, you know, threatened by it. It's not a cold call at all. It's like, gosh, I haven't talked to you in a long time. Let's get together. But knowing that they also have connections within broader communities and they may be willing to bring you in. Uh, that's that's a really big one for me.
0: I love that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and it, it's fine. I, I like to call them the hub and spoke people, right? <laughs> They're yeah. the hubs, and but they've got all the connections that can go all different directions. Um, but if, if you can be a hub, too, you know, that's when you're going to be a great resource for others as well.
1: And that's been, again, going back to southeast Wisconsin, that's been part of what I've been doing. If I bump into someone, you know, now that I'm at this uh, advanced stage of my career, um, it's like, well, do you know so-and-so? And they'll say, no. And I'll say, please let me make an introduction. Um, you know, it's, it's a delight to me to see two people get together who all of a sudden you find they have natural connections, natural skills, great abilities, and all of a sudden something, something really good has come out of that. To me, that is deeply, deeply satisfying.
0: hundred percent. Love it. So as you continue to build your network and create new connections, how do you stay in front of and best nurture these relationships that you're creating?
1: Well, one thing is for sure. I have to go In fact, I'm thinking about this week. Uh, I have to go back and visit with someone I haven't seen in a while. And I'll I'll literally just show up at her office because I know she'll be there. I'll knock on the door and I'll get up. Hey, Jim, how are you doing? And we'll chat for a while. But I, I think it's, I think it takes a lot of care and feeding of specific people who you know are interested in helping you and who know that you can help them. I think that's a key in networking. It can't just be one way. It can't just be, please, you know, get me someplace. There's got to be some sort of, I don't know, I wouldn't want to say quid pro quo that's the wrong phrase, but there's got to be some give and take. And and again, I think about some care and feeding and meeting with a person that I know, there. By the way, I don't try to meet with 20, 30 people a month. I'm mm-hmm. more interested in meeting with two or three people that are really critical in my uh, sphere and then going deep, spending time, thinking about what's going on, how what's happening out there, learning more about where they're going, what they're trying to accomplish and seeing if I can help them. To me, I've, I've always been a big fan of, uh, again, the bite-sized pieces. Let's go deep with a couple of things so that you can take this forward and make it successful. So I think it's, it, the key is, I think with most of life, not to bite off too much, but find two or three things that are critical and give a lot of God of cure and feeding to those specific relationships.
0: I love that. I think, you know, when I, when I got started networking, I got really heavy and trying to meet as many people as possible, but that's just overwhelming. I think what you said about, you know, what are those two to three critical components to focus on? That's where you're going to see success at the end of the day.
1: Well, and, and you and I both know that you can go to a party with 50, 60 people mm. and I can hand out 50, 60 cards and never hear from any of them. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and I think that, you know, that was probably it, when I first started my business after I left Johnson Control. when I first started my business, I thought, well, gosh, I'm going to have these thousands of cards and I'm going to be able to send out all these emails and it's all going to be great. But I came to realize that it had to be a very strategic thing. It couldn't just be, well, here I am and here's my card and everybody's so busy, they don't necessarily have time for your world unless there's a real strong reason for you to help them and a strong reason for them to help you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. So what advice would you offer the business professional who's looking to grow their network?
1: This is the same advice that I offer to everyone. Sit down with a piece of paper, yellow pad, and a pencil and write down people that you know uh, that you want to have contact with, that know, know you very well, they trust you, and sort of see that hub and spoke on a piece of paper, put Lori in the center, and then put these <laughs> other people around. Uh, and maybe they work at Northwest Mutual Life. Maybe they work at Johnson Controls. Maybe they work at Harley. Maybe they work at Stratec. But you know them, and they know you. And those people who have had some at least a, a good couple of years' of relationship with you, that is the starting point. Because in my mind, you cannot get a really good contact outside of them unless you have a warm contact with them. Does that mm-hmm. make
0: sense? Oh yeah, I
1: and, agree. And they'll walk you in the door. I mean I mean, let's face it, I got to know you through uh, someone else or otherwise you would have said, well who is this guy? But mm-hmm. there, there was a trust built. And I think that that's growing that network is important. And I also think you got to know what you're trying to accomplish. I think, uh, again, some of the mistakes I made early in my networking is I would just go to uh, whatever, I don't know, SHRM conference or uh, ASTD or whatever it turned out to be. And it's like, well, I had no real reason to be there except to hang out, grab a couple of uh, chips and salsa and a beer. And I'd walk away going, you know, what did you really do with this time and the money? As opposed to saying what I'm really trying to accomplish is to improve my speaking skills. Who is it that I can reach out to that can get me to... uh, uh, any of a number of companies. And that, that by the way, that's also worked out for me as well on companies that's almost impossible to get into unless, again, you know somebody who knows somebody. So mm-hmm. those are those are critical elements of it.
0: Well, and kind of tying into the next question a little bit, I mean, the world, like LinkedIn and other social media channels have changed and basically created efficiencies around that process way faster than what it used to be when this technology wasn't available
1: oh I, I agree i agree and but again think about it that requires effort it requires uh, some boring work sometimes <laughs> to sit down and just grind through uh the stuff you gotta grind through to get to the right people uh it, 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 they're they're part of somebody else's network um, but again that that pays off it it, it I think sometimes we think networking is just going to magically throw fairy dust on us. And we're going to have all these great relationships with people who are going to forward our business. But the reality is we need to be strategic in the things that we choose and the people we're trying to uh, network with.
0: Yep. hundred percent. So when it looks, when you look at digital networking versus traditional networking, which one do you find more value in?
1: Well, I'm a kind of a traditional networker I think <laughs> that, that fits my personality better. I mean, I use the digital stuff um, as appropriate for follow-up emails, contacts, meetings, and so forth. But I, I really like to get together with people to have them see me as I am. And uh, and then after that, use the digital stuff. I, and, and, and candidly, uh, I'll, I'll be real honest, I'm, I'm not willing to put quite as much work into the electronic stuff, digital stuff, as I would into the face-to-face.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and Going back to what you said earlier about what are your goals, I think it's a lot easier to be, to do the traditional networking when you're very localized, like you said. You know, southeastern Wisconsin is really where you're trying to yep. build and nurture those relationships. Yep. Um, so that that definitely makes sense. All right, Jim. Here's a fun one for you. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? <laughs>
1: My 20 year old self. Well, you're going to find this funny. My 20 year old self was playing a, a electric guitar in a band,
0: <laughs> and,
1: uh, and working as an aluminum siding installer and a couple of other odd jobs because my 20 year old self wanted to be a rock and roll star. That <laughs> worked out for me. What I would say to my 20 year old self is: remember, you have to pay the electric bill. <laughs> and um, you know, the guitar is good, Jim, but you're you have to get a job that's ultimately going to build. Uh, something for you and for your future. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'd say, keep playing the guitar. By, by the way, I still do it. I play every day. Fantastic. But, but it wasn't it, that wasn't the thing that brought me my my uh, income, per se. I had to raise a family. And I I, I really don't think the 20 year old guy could have done that. I think he got a little smarter along the way. But that's, <laughs> what I, that's what I would say. Make sure you focus on on everyday building something toward a career that's going to have long-term impact. And as I look at some of the decisions that I started to make a little beyond that, they definitely had the impact that I've had, you know, 45 years later.
0: Mm-hmm. Good, that's fun. That's a fun one. <laughs> We've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree?
1: Wow. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do have somebody in mind that I'd like to see. Can I mm-hmm. mention that person? Sure. That person would be Barack Obama. Okay. But but I don't know that I could get to him through the six degrees of separation. I just think he's a, an incredibly interesting person. Um, I mean, I'm sure that he and I would disagree on a lot of stuff, but I think sitting across from him, With a cup of coffee would be very, very interesting. Oh, for sure. I I don't know that I could get there with the six degrees of separate. I'd I'd have to think about that. Um,
0: I I bet if you put some effort into it, (laughs) you could make it happen.
1: Okay, you you bet. You bet.
0: (laughs) At least you could map your six degree route. I I believe that you can do it within six degrees.
1: Oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, uh, yes, there's somebody that can help me get started on that. Wow.
0: Okay, thanks. (laughs) you need to report back now when this happens (laughs) Uh, all right Um, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me what's something you'd like to ask me
1: what did you do prior to building this business
0: I worked at two other agencies. Um, One was a web development company, and I actually did that first. (laughs) And and then I went to um, a more traditional agency where they were doing, you know, outdoor print uh, media buying. Um, And I I was there for a while and I learned the ins and outs of the marketing world Mm um and found that uh the digital space was really where my passion was and decided i wanted to do it on my own
1: and, and what was what was the uh the the fact the fat, the, the, uh, the factor that they tripped it over the, the tipping point you know to quote maxwell what would that be what was the tipping point said now i'm going to do this
0: <laughs> there's a couple of factors um I, I wasn't super happy at the place I was at and decided to look for another job. Um, but it was 2008 and the job market was oh my. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so, oh, wow. so yeah, I'm going to start my own company in 2008. Wow. Um, and, uh, but I, I was doing some like small freelance work on the side. And so I knew I, I could do it if I put the time into it. Um, so I did it. I just decided to to leave and start my own thing.
1: And you did. I mean, anytime I see anyone start their own business and, and do as well as you have, it's like that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of persistence and a lot of hard work. So you asked me to go back in time. I'm going to take you forward in time. Okay. Um, so what will you say uh, 40 years from now was the one thing that you accomplished that gave you the most satisfaction?
0: Oh, my goodness. 40 years from now. Yep. Wow. That's a big one. The one thing I accomplished that gave me the most satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm right now. Oh, goodness. That's a tough one. I think. So are you familiar with the phrase fire?
1: Finan-
0: financial ahead. independence, retire early. hmm. That is one of the things that I'm, my husband and I are striving for right now, is to be 100% debt free and live our life the way we want it.
1: Outstanding! Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. I retired at 60. I'm I'm proud of that, uh, and you probably do it ahead of me, so uh, that's good. <laughs> uh, I do. I highly recommend it because there are other things that you can do that I'm writing a fiction novel right now. I would not have been able to do it when I was working.
0: Uh, I've got a long bucket list of things I want to do. So (laughs) Um, this morning I I added that I'm going to write a recipe book. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) It just came to me. (laughs) You got
1: to start doing that now. I always tell people if you have an idea like that, get that notebook out and start dropping Uh,
0: stuff. I've got too many ideas. (laughs) That's my problem i guess that's your typical entrepreneur right
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, it certainly is it certainly is but that you know that's okay i mean i think creativity is something that um that that drives the world and i think it's always exciting to hear people that have that because i think it's one thing that makes human beings dramatically different from all other creatures on earth is we can make things up in our minds that produce marvelous things and uh, that's exciting
0: that's awesome yeah thanks so uh, great questions for me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network?
1: I think the key thing is to two things. Take the long view. I tell people this all the time. Take the long view. If you don't get exactly what you want at this moment in time, if you can get 2% of what you wanted and build on that, Take the long view and take, take take satisfaction in that. That's a good thing, and, and that means even in your network and when you're doing that. Um, I, actually, yeah, there's three things. So the second one would be to reject rejection quickly. In other words, if, if something doesn't go right, just throw it out. Just move on. Move, move past rejection very quickly, and that even includes in networking. If something didn't work well, don't spend a lot of time and a lot of your own personal emotional energy going – why didn't that work, et cetera. You probably have a pretty good visceral idea of why, of why that uh, didn't work out, but don't spend a lot of time there. And I think the other thing is you gotta have this sort of long-term life crafting uh, that goes along with the long view is what, what what is it that I'm trying to build here? What is it in, in my life that I'm trying to build? Am I trying to build peace of mind for myself? Am I trying to build healing for other people, because every day you can always look at that long term set of things coming together and say, "Yeah, I did a little bit more of that today," and that'll get me past the times when things didn't go right.
0: I love that. I've not heard that approach before. Um, yeah, I think those are all the the long term, the long view approach, and then the reject rejection quickly yep. That's, that's great insights to share. Thank you so much for sharing that with the listeners.
1: I think you, even guys like Jack London got rejected like two, three hundred times before he got his first novel published. People need to know that stuff. I think sometimes we have this spurious idea that everybody that's famous just sort of walked out there and, and there was a ta-da, but that's not the way it is. Just, just reject it keep moving.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not a ta-da. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've, I've learned that probably more the hard way, seeing as I was young and eager to start a business. <laughs> but a any, anyways. You're,
1: but you're doing it, and that's the key.
0: Uh-huh. Um, so if anyone wanted to uh, get in touch with you, Jim, what's the best way that they can reach out to you?
1: You can reach out to me at um, my webpage, which is, which is drjimbone.com. You can go out on Twitter, which is at Dr. Dr. Jim Bone, um, or you can reach me on my email, which is james.bone at Those would be the ways to reach me.
0: All right, and we will include all of that information in our show notes. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. Thank you so much, Jim, for taking the time to connect with us.
1: It's great to meet you. Thank you.
0: It was great to have you on the show. Indeed, you offered some fantastic insights for our listeners. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash social capital network. If you need me, send an email to lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.